So we continue on with our sermon series about repentance, where we're defining repentance as turning away from something and turning towards something. Very obviously that we are setting it as turning away from the things of this world and turning towards God. And today is turn away from sorrow and turn towards joy. Which, I, I must be honest, I have been dreading this sermon a little bit. Uh, because joy is a rather hard topic, and Marcus planned who was preaching what for this series. <laughs> and as I was a younger kid, and, and still today, um, I'm not very good at, uh, at showing much emotion, if any, uh, especially joy or happiness or anything like this tone of voice is my happy voice. <laughs> this tone of voice is also my sad voice. Um, it was so much so that as a kid, my, my mother always called me Eeyore and, uh, and would, even well into my 20s, give me Eeyore figurines and things. And If you go to my office, you will not find any of them. <laughs> so don't, don't get any ideas there. But joy is actually probably something that is confused because just like I was talking there, we try to equate happiness with joy. But there's actually a big difference between happiness and joy. There's a big difference between pleasure and joy. There is a difference between sadness and sorrow. We know plenty of Christians who are predisposed towards sadness. We know many Christians who suffer and have to struggle and deal with depression. But we also know that that does not mean that they do not have joy in their life. That they themselves are not joyful. And that's because sorrow, sorrow begins somewhere. Sorrow begins with missing something. We become sorrowful. We become people who have sorrow as our defining thing when we are missing something in our life. So we have sadness, but sadness is a feeling. Sadness is an emotion, but sorrow, sorrow is deep down in the body, deep down in the mind and the soul, and it begins with missing something in our life. So the question that we have, the question that we ask ourselves is when we are sorrowful, if we are people who are full of sorrow, what is it that we are missing? And a great deal of time and energy has been put into finding what it is that we are missing. And we fill it with all kinds of things. The world tells us that the way to relieve our sorrow, to get away from that, that thing that is deep down in us, is to fill it just with more of ourself. That you are full of sorrow because you have not had enough me time. You have not focused enough on yourself to find out what it is that will truly make you happy. But the problem with that is, 
What it is that makes us happy is always changing. It is never the same. And so as we try and find what it is that will make us happy, that will fill that vacant spot in our life that is creating that sorrow in us, we have to start all over again as soon as we find it. There are many people who have been on this journey, on this road themselves, of trying to relieve this sorrow in their life, and they have fallen into a way of of finding something that can give them that sense of completeness, sense of fullness, that they have to absolutely have it, or else everything falls apart. This is the defining thing of addiction itself. Here we are in the season of Lent, where the practice for us often is to give up something in Lent. And so we try and we give up different things. Many of us have tried chocolate, I'm sure, over the years. Soda was always the hard thing, I'm sure, as well. But have you ever tried giving up the thing that you just seem to never be able to escape? Have you ever tried the thing that you run to to give you comfort when everything's falling apart? If you've tried this fasting and you find yourself keep going to the very thing that you've given up, you very well might have found the thing that you're trying to fit into that space. Sorrow. Sorrow is something that the world struggles with. We can see it on the faces of people as they are facing death. We see it on the faces of people when they are facing addiction. We see it on the faces of people when they continuously are on the run for whatever is next and finding their happiness. Sorrow. We can find it everywhere. But the difference is, the thing that sets joy apart from sorrow, and the thing that sets joy apart from sadness and happiness, is that joy can never be taken away. Because joy is not an emotion. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a gift from God. And when God gives you something, no one else can take it from you. Consider even our reading from uh, the epistle today, where it listed off three things that, that come from God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And there are many other things that we could add to that list of things that God gives us that cannot be taken away from from us by anyone. But joy is one of those things. Joy is something that God brings to us in our salvation. Joy is something that God grants us in these waters of baptism. Joy is something that finds its root in the grace that He gives. Joy can never be taken away from us because in Christ we have been given everything. Whereas sorrow is found where there is something missing, joy is found where everything has been given. And for those of us in Christ, we have received everything. And so we have been given joy. C.S. Lewis, when he was writing about his own experience of converting from uh, atheism into Christianity, 
he wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. And knowing that joy is a gift from God, it is no surprise to us that that should be the name of that book. There's also a wonderful quote in there, one of my favorite quotes of all time, where it says, the atheist can never hold on strong enough to his faith because there's pitfalls for him everywhere. You can hear that again when the recorded audio to catch what that was. (laughs) But in there, he also says about joy, for any of those who have ever tasted joy, they would never hand it over for any amount of pleasure itself. That is because in comparison to our chase for pleasure, for entertainment, for happiness, joy is constant. It is not fleeting in that way. It is not ebbing and flowing, but it is always there. Because joy has found its root in Christ, who is always there for you. So we, as Christians, understand very well Psalm 30 where Psalm 30 is being spoken by David, who is in the midst of complete suffering. And he says, You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have loosened the sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and never be silent. The joy is the very thing that Christians have in their life because Jesus Christ has handed over everything to us. That in Christ... We are people who never will be alone again. That we have a God who has said to each and every one of us, Behold, I will be with you until the end of the ages. That in every relationship that we have, as relationships come and go, we will never lose the most important and the most personal and the most intimate relationship we can ever have. So that as we grieve the losses of friendships, marriages, even people as they pass, we know we have not lost everything. That we as Christians in Christ know that we can always have joy because in Christ we have found someone who has brought full and total forgiveness into our lives. That never never again will all of those things of our past And even all of those things of our future that we know will happen and we know we will commit. That in the eyes of God, every time He looks at us through Christ, we are seen as something new. That we are people who are being forgiven. That we are people who are called joyful and righteous in His eyes. And in Jesus, we are people who have been given power so that in the midst of the life that we have, in the midst of a search of oftentimes trying to find happiness, we can turn towards the cross instead and find joy. That in Christ, we have the power of God constantly turning us away from that emptiness towards that fullness. Because we are not people who are missing We are not people who are missing anything, but we are people who are given everything. You, in your salvation, on the good days, on the bad days, are people of joy. Because even when we are grieving, when we are mourning, when we are watching those around us age, when we are ourselves at the height of our mountain, 
we will always have Christ in our lives. This is the promise that we even just saw given to Adelaide as she was baptized here in front of us. Jesus, as He was walking towards the cross, has one of the most incredible moments of joy, but not really a moment most of us consider as joy. On that Monday, Thursday, which we are about to celebrate in a couple weeks, as He's coming close to the time of actually being crucified on the cross, knowing that His hour has come, in fact, telling His own disciples that His hour has come, The statement comes in John 13, knowing that the Father has placed all things into His hands. He stands up at the dinner table. He removes the clothes that He is wearing. He kneels down with a basin of water. And He begins washing all of His disciples' feet. This is an action that we would find to be ridiculous. One, I don't let anybody wash my feet. Let alone the Savior of the world washing my feet. Let alone someone who actually knows that he is about to die. One who knows that the death that awaits him is a death for the entire world. But knowing that the Father has put all things into his hands, he gets on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. When you have been given all things into your hands, you know that you have everything and that you cannot lose everything. And he turns to his disciples in that joy and even tells them, go and do likewise. As people of joy who have been given all these things, we know that we can now go and do likewise. For we are not people who are burdened with sorrow, but rather we are people who are a joy. We are people who the Lord has turned our mourning into dancing. The sackcloth that we've often worn for our past sins, the sackcloth that we have worn in mourning for our loved ones, the, the garments that we have worn that have set us apart, have been made white, have been made clean, have been made with gladness. And it is now that we go out and we do the same. Because we have turned from sorrow. And we have been given joy. Amen? Amen.